Hi, and welcome back to Derek's podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest with us, Dwight Turner. He's a very good actor. Um, he is known for uh, his roles in such as Chicago, I believe, right? You're in Chicago Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire. Uh, you were also on um, what you look a little familiar. I think you played a character named Lenny on um, A Thousand Ways to Die, was it? Yes, a cult oh. favorite. <laughs> I think that's everybody's favorite. Um, I remember growing up, I think that was out when I was in like junior high. So that was really, uh, it's really interesting. How did you die in that? I don't particularly remember. Well, uh, so all of those are based on true stories. And uh, for Lenny, in real life, he was running a Ponzi scheme and the feds caught on to him. So when they came to raid his office, he got tipped off and he and his secretary tried to uh, shred all, the, all of the evidence. And um, he, when he would get stressed, he would drink these boba drinks. Yeah. And he had one of those buckyball um, sculptures on his desk, which was with the little metallic balls. He got mad at one point, threw it on the desk. Two of the metallic uh, magnetic balls went into his boba drink. He drank them thinking that they were boba balls. And well, if he'd only drank one, he would have been fine. But drinking two didn't work out so well. So... Oh. Lenny, uh, unfortunately, met his demise from two buckyballs. <laughs> the choking to death. That is terrible. That is no, terrible. He, didn't, he didn't choke to death. It was even worse. He, uh, uh, when, when they, oh, gosh, this is terrible to describe, but no, I want it. through his intestines, they kind of did this, 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 and just punched holes all and yeah it's because of the magnetics doing this wow so, yeah so yeah. that was oh, even quick he fell every single time those hit too guaranteed <laughs> how do you play a character like that what do you where do you like where do you um that's actually that's actually um leads me to a decent question is where do you come up with your character's characteristics per se so when you're given a script right how do you come up with your personality for that character well, I am the type of actor where I like to do, I, I really like to play different roles. I don't like to do the same thing all the time, um, which is not to say I wouldn't love to be on a series where I'm doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do comedy, drama, I do different things and I enjoy that. So because each of my characters is so different, I look for something within that character to I, I start out with two different things whenever I am, am forming a, a role in a character. I start out with who am I, who's Dwight, who, you know, who am I compared to this character and who is this character compared to me? And then I start working towards a, uh, a, a melding point, a middle ground to where um, it's realistic. That's my goal is to, to become this person. Uh, within the circumstances of the uh, the role, and uh, and so I, I reach a point when I'm doing my research on the character and on the role, where you know I'm trying to get to that point, and when I finally do, and I feel comfortable with it, and I've latched onto that, and then I feel good about it, and when I'm actually doing the role and playing the role, I am that person at that moment, and then when they yell cut or when we're finished filming, then I just let it go. All right. That makes sense. I actually, um, I really enjoyed seeing, because I watched, like I said earlier, some of your demo reels. I personally enjoyed seeing you as like the doctoral slash um, investigator. Like uh, to me, I feel like you'd fit really well on like a law and order type of show. 
Just, yeah. I just feel like you would. Your tone of voice, the way you carry yourself, and the way I've seen you carry yourself in characters, I feel like you would easily meld into something like a Law and Order. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, and and yeah, that's a that's a fantastic show. Mm. Casting. Um, <laughs> uh, so when uh, when I did the first lead detective role. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those things where people see it and they they like something about it and mm -hmm. and oh wow if you're hearing that thunder there's a big thunderstorm going on outside <laughs> so um, so people like what you did in one instance and then you end up doing it again and again and again and mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, stereotyping in the acting world but in this case I, I really like playing those roles it's a yeah. lot of fun for me. And, um, and the doctor roles as well. And of course, you know, one of my favorite roles that I've ever played is playing Dr. Mayberry on Chicago Fire. Okay. And, um, and it's, it's interesting that you said those two because the, the, the detectives and the doctor, because in recent years, I mean, that's been what I have done on a regular basis as compared mm. to the other roles that I played that are all very different. Yeah, it shows. It shows, especially when you watch the demo rails, because you go from even like in the commercials, I believe I've seen you do, which is awesome, by the way. Good job on those. Like being the patient and being the like, I think you did you voice over one, too? Yeah, I, I uh, so I, I do film, television, voiceover commercials yeah. and uh, and stage as well. So I've definitely done uh, a number of voiceover uh, voiceover roles, uh, probably, and I've done voiceover for commercials and um, Voice of the Doctor for WebMD, but one of my favorites was uh, doing Green Lantern for Six Flags. I could picture that. You have like a baritone kind of voice. Like it's very deep. And who doesn't want to play a superhero, right? I think, every, I think that's every actor's dream, right? Isn't it? Right? Is that, that's not the pinnacle right now is to be, to be a superhero of some sort? Yeah, and, and, you know, it was a lot of fun, and the whole reason I ended up, you know, I've had some lucky uh, things happen throughout my career at certain points, and um, the way that that whole job transpired was a friend, uh, because of a friend, I was introduced to the uh, casting director and uh, the rest of his history. Wow. So when you were talking about, like, um, earlier getting started, um, what how did you find your niche in this? Like, how did you know that this is what you wanted to go with doing growing up? What, what was it that dawned on you? Well, I think even as a young kid, I was interested in acting. I remember asking my dad when I was really young, we were watching, uh, I think it was like some type of variety show on television. And I asked him how much I had to pay to get to do that. And he was explaining to me, no, they pay you. And I was like, Okay, wow. And, uh, and then, you know, when I was younger, I also uh, did a number of stage shows locally, like small mm. stuff, not professional. But I knew, you know, even as a kid that I had, uh, had the acting bug. And I went to college, got a degree in communications with radio, television emphasis, interned with CBS. And then as soon as I finished college, I moved out to California. Wow. and uh, began working um, professionally in the industry. And, and, and I lucked out right at the beginning of that because I uh, started uh, training with Nina Foch, um, wonderful actress who uh, taught out of her magnificent mansion on Rodale Drive <laughs> in Beverly Hills. 
And uh, I became friends with some of the students there. Keep in mind, I didn't really know anyone when I moved out to LA. And in fact, I moved out there with a fellow grad student from the university and we made a pact that no matter what we would stay for a year he went back after a month so here yeah. i am in la not knowing anyone and uh wondering how i'm going to achieve the things i want to achieve and uh, i ended up moving up to the hollywood hills got got a uh a, a guest room in a home that overlooked like all of la i could see from downtown all the way to uh oh. the ocean and i lived two doors from bruce springsteen <laughs> so from time to time, I could hear him practicing, which was the most awesome thing. That is so. Awesome. So I went to so one of the friends from this class had a birthday party, and I went to his birthday party, and this guy came up to me during the, the his birthday party. He said, "Are you an actor?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "I'm your friend's agent. Here's my card. Um, call me up." And I want to see you on Wednesday. So let's figure out a time. I would like to see you on Wednesday. I'm going to see if I can get you some work. And so I, I called him up, went to see him that Wednesday. He sent me out on my first professional audition ever on Friday. And I booked it. What? And it Your first yeah, time? Yeah, my very first professional audition. And it was for a, 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 um, it was a union commercial. And it was for a project which is no longer around called Black Star Beer. And, uh, and I just remember thinking, wow, this is so easy. Of course, you know, I realized later it's not all that yeah. easy. But um, it, you know, was a great way to start. That commercial paid really well. And I was taft hardly immediately into the union, which was beneficial because then I could audition for union projects and uh, look at getting, a, you know, a, a better agent over time because of my union status and so that was a, a good and lucky way to start wow oh, I, I actually had no clue that there was you that um there was any kind of unionized anything with actors or anything in that kind of field i had no clue i thought it was just audition like you said you oh, have no. your agent i didn't know that no. so so each of the uh each of the fields whether it be uh, uh radio whether it be uh, a film, a television, uh, stage—they all have have unions. And uh, in in my case, for what I do, it's SAG-AFTRA. Now it used to be SAG when I joined, uh, but then the unions combined uh, a number of years back, and it's now SAG-AFTRA. SAG being Screen Actors Guild, and AFTRA being uh, for the radio side of things, uh, American Federation of of radio and television artists and uh yeah so they are they're unions for each of them that's amazing even, even the behind the scenes people they're yeah. unions for all those as well yeah wow I didn't, yeah this is it's, it's something that you don't think of when you're not on that side of it like you're on that side of it so you see both sides as a fan and as an actor but as a fan i'm just watching so i don't know what goes on on any of the sides so what was like the biggest eye-opener for you like when you finally get on set you know, you're doing this your first time, you're shooting your first scene, which I'd imagine is extremely, you have a lot of anxiety, I'd imagine, right? That's gonna be really nerve wracking to do. Well, you have to keep in mind that I was so new and so green and so naive, and, and we were filming on the back lot of Universal Studios. So here I come from, you know, 
Kentucky, I grew up in Hazard, Kentucky, which is a really small town in southeastern Kentucky, very isolated. Uh, an interesting way to grow up, but it did not prepare me for Los Angeles at all. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm in Los Angeles filming on the uh, back lot of Universal Studios. And, uh, and so it was, there, it was very exciting, but yet very nerve-wracking because now when I walk onto a set, I know what I'm doing, you know, and I've known that for years. Yeah, I know what all the things that are said mean. I know what's going to happen and kind of when it's going to happen and what this means. What that. I didn't know any of that then. So it was, it was an eye-opening experience and um, a lot of nervousness and butterflies, but I think, you know, I think I pulled through it okay. Uh, and, uh, and then was more prepared for the next thing. And, and also since then, I mean, I've done training that uh, it's all been helpful. And uh, to the point that, you know, now I feel comfortable walking on a set and enjoy it so much. I mean, I've actually canceled vacations because I booked a job and to <laughs> me it was like more fun to go work on that yeah. project than it would be to go on the vacation. So that'll give you an idea of how much I like what I do. Yeah, you clearly love what you do. I mean, it's, it shows in just the way you light up when you talk about it. Honestly, you can see it all over your face, it's great. You should always love what you do because it shows in your work. You notice when people are miserable at what they're doing. I mean, I don't, I'm sure you walk around set and see miserable, you know, cameramen or just some people in general. And you can, it just shows in that work, you know? You <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly, I've been really lucky. Most yeah. of the people that I've worked with have been really wonderful and wonderful to work with. There are always some exceptions. That's mm. going to be in any industry that you yes. work in. And uh, there are always going to be various personalities. But for the most part, I think I've been pretty lucky. I've heard some horror stories. <laughs> I've experienced a few. But for the most part, it's been good. Yeah, that's good. What was, um? so when you go on auditions, what is that like? What's that, ex what's what's the process of an audition? What's like that? Not, it's not my favorite part of what I do because yeah. my favorite part is becoming a role, becoming a character and then portraying that. In the audition process, you don't really have time to do that. It's, okay. it's, um, it, it's, you, you do it as much as possible but um, but it's it's very it's not that often that I go into an audition situation. And I feel like I am that person or I am that that role. And you know, on the other side of things, whenever I'm actually working on a project, I put in the work before we're filming, so that when I am actually filming, you know, like I said, for that period of time, I am that person. Yeah. And uh, oh, so, so you I'm, method act. I'm sorry to cut you off. You kind of method act then you try to do? Or that's um, what you do? Somewhat. Act? I mean, I have different tools in what I call my actor toolbox, but I definitely, like when I am playing that role, I am that person for that period of time within the context of the scene and, and the yeah. project. And then, I, and then when I finish, I just let it go because then you're, you are onto the next role or the next thing. And if you don't let it go, then it's gonna affect like the next thing that you're doing. Yeah. And it's always interesting for me to go back and watch myself playing something because you know, I, I look at it and I kind of remember what I was going through at the time, but it's like looking at it through different eyes. Yeah. yeah I mean, even if I'm watching someone else's work, it's like I, you know, what you were referring to earlier, you said as a, as a fan, you know, you uh, experience it a certain way, but as a as a, a professional in the industry, 
I experience it a different way. Now, what I truly love is when I get so caught up in something because it's so good mm. that I forget that I'm watching a movie or I just, you know, and just get lost in it. And that is fantastic for me. But a lot of times I'll be watching something, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was off or, or yeah. they, they didn't catch that or, you know. And, Certain and, things, yeah. Yeah, I, know, I notice all those little things. I do too. I, I like, I'll watch movies that's supposed to have like zero gravity. Now, I, instead of watching the characters on screen, I'm kind of seeing what the background's doing. Cause I, I just want to see if they got it right. You're going to go that far as to shoot that kind of scene, do some science on it, you know, study it a little bit. I think that's what fans are starting to really appreciate. Now, if you've noticed like um, they're getting more snobby, is that a good word for it? Like some fans, like they, they expect so much out of a show now that it's just so hard to satisfy and keep their attention. Well, it, it's it's true. Uh, you know, one, attention spans are getting shorter, but two, um, people like because you know, originally years ago, you know, you'd watch something in a theater, and then that was it, and then came video. You know, at home you could watch that, and and then DVD, and now streaming services, and it's so easy just to go and watch something any time and watch it over and over again, and um, and so people pick up things and. I know that when I work on shows, you know, we try to uh, have things as authentic as possible because if you do not, people will pick it up. Like I worked on a show called uh, Murder Comes to Town. I played a lead detective in that show and I worked with two um, Tennessee police officers uh, to do training with them to, to make sure that all of the things I did were accurate yeah because if you don't people will you will get email you will get letters <laughs> people you will. Will, hey, like man. you know that's not how you hold the gun you know that's <laughs> how cop would exactly yeah. exactly that is not how you put on handcuffs that is yeah. not you know and and i mean i i actually you know and I, I will not name the project but i actually did one project where um i had uh i actually had some real <laughs> real uh police uh you know uh send me information saying you know so just so you know wow. like if you're doing this again it, it's it's yeah 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 no yeah and and some of them don't mean it in a bad way and some of them are no, just, no 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 it's just to, it, well. it, it, no no they were they were they were not trying to be mean they were trying yeah. to be helpful yeah that's yeah. awesome because even I'll, I'll watch things like um they even say cigarettes like i don't smoke cigarettes but i have friends that smoke cigarettes and i swear to you i'll watch movies with them and they'll go that actor doesn't smoke just <laughs> the way they hold the cigarette the way they puff it and i'm like you know what i get i have to take their word they're probably right because they smoke they know the tendencies they know the mannerisms of smoking and yeah you know yeah or or an actor will fire a gun and there's absolutely no kickback it's just Done. as smooth as butter and you yeah. know that doesn't end Not, they don't even blink they don't blink nothing they're just <laughs> okay because that's what it looks like. <laughs> you know that's not happening that's awesome though i also um i've always wondered from um an actor's point of view like when when a role does not not a role but when an in uh yeah when something doesn't go your way as far as um a casting call goes right um how does that affect you and like how do you make um how do you get better at doing something you know what i mean like how do you get better at going through these well and that sort of goes back to your question earlier which i kind of went on a sidetrack and didn't completely finish which was why i thought of the uh, auditioning process um 
Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I'm sorry. I lost the word for a second. When you go on the auditions, how if you don't do that well, how do you how do you improve on an audition? It, it comes with a territory, and you just have to be okay with it. Otherwise, you're in the wrong industry because a lot of what, uh, unless you are are you know Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or someone like that, you you are auditioning for most of your jobs, not all of them. Like sometimes I have jobs that are written for me. Sometimes they have jobs that are handed to me and all I have to do is say yes to them, but that's not the case all the time. You know, I'm auditioning for a lot of these jobs and you have to be okay with the process. Um, what is frustrating for me is when and you still have to be okay with it, but this is when it gets frustrating, is when you have gone through a number of callbacks. So with the audition process, you go in for the original audition and maybe you know, with the casting director, and then you go into callbacks, and that may be with uh, the producer director. And uh, if you're going into you know, third or possibly fourth callbacks, pretty, be pretty sure that it's gonna be you know, with the producer director or even people from the network, you're doing a network audition. And, uh, and it gets down to, you know, you and a couple of other people. And so that can be frustrating because you start to really want it. You know, it's, it's, you've been working on that role and you feel really connected with that role and you think of what you could bring to it and how good you could do that role and that you are placed on hold, meaning that you set aside on your calendar when film is gonna take place and, and there may even be contracts that come into play at that point. Um, and then to not get it for whatever reason, it, it can be frustrating. Now, when it gets to that level, any of you could work, like any of the three, or mm. let's say if it's five, a lot of times it's three, uh, could work in, in that role. And sometimes it can come down to just, who knows, just the littlest things. But, you know, I've also been in the situation of where, you know, I've gone through callbacks and I booked it and I was the one who actually played the role. And then it's the, the other two people who feel, you know, frustrated. Yeah. So it just comes with the territory. And, and in my industry, you have to be okay with that because auditioning is just a big part of what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. How about um? How about now? Like I know the whole COVID crisis kind of got the whole world in a frenzy. But oh God, it's the worst year ever. Worst it's year. Everybody's it's worse. Yeah, I think everybody's yeah. accepted that nobody enjoys 2020. I think it's just no. I, I'm I'm ready for 2021. Um, it's it's affected everything. I mean, uh, my year started off. I had uh, um, uh, five things that were booked within a, a short period of time. So the year started off really well. And I, I remember actually even saying to some friends, like, like this, this year is going to be a good year. This is going to be a great year. Little did we know that, uh, that things would change so much. Um, the, it's, it's been, it's been frustrating, not just for me, not just for my industry, but for industries and people all over the world. I, had two firsts this year. So it was frustrating to see those kind of falter because of this situation. 
Oh, one, could you expand on that? I was going to say, could you expand on your Yeah, 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 sure. Right, right. So one was, uh, so I, I have done lifestyle modeling. And if you know what that is, that is print work for, for uh, companies and products. Uh, but I have never been <laughs> a runway model which is high fashion, which is a completely different thing. And uh, I was asked to, uh, to audition for uh, a, a runway show and booked. And that was going to take place on March 21st. And that was my first job that was canceled because of COVID. And I remember being so frustrated at the time because a lot of stuff was not being canceled yet. Yeah, and you, so, you felt singled out probably, right? Well, I was just like, like, uh, why? But uh, but then shortly thereafter, I mean, within a period of weeks, it was everything, everything was canceled. So you know, also another first for this year. Um, I can sing, but I've never done a musical. I was asked to audition for a, a musical called Dan for White House. And I turned down the audition. I did not go to the auditions because I didn't feel that uh, that I was right for um, for for it. And I was asked to audition again, and, and asked why I didn't come into the auditions. And so I did audition, and I booked the lead male romantic role. So here I am, I've never done a musical in my entire life, and suddenly I'm in a lead role for a musical, which is just <laughs> crazy if you think about it. And the, um, the, the composer is from New York, and he currently has a show running off-Broadway. Now it's not, let me rephrase it, it's not currently running because of COVID, well, but yeah. it was running until COVID closed things it down. It would be otherwise, though. It, sure. would be, uh, it would be otherwise. And then the uh, writer-director is award-winning. So it's got some weight behind it. So nice. talk about feeling nervous, you know, sort of like back when I first began acting. It, <laughs> it, it's kind of that situation again, because it is outside of the realm of what I normally do. So it's been a very interesting experience because that project is going forward, but we've been rehearsing by Zoom so imagine Ooh. someone who has never done this before it, trying to do it by Zoom. Yeah. So uh, we had our first in-person rehearsal recently and, uh, and we're gonna be having more. And what we're going to do is a cast album, then we're gonna do a live radio version of it. And then eventually when audiences can come back, this is going to be staged and, uh, and would love to see it go to New York. Who knows what's gonna happen there, but that so that that's a so two interesting firsts that have been affected by COVID. Um, also, there's a series, and I cannot give you the details of the series because of the NDA that I signed. Okay. But what I can tell you is that this series stars a very well-known star of a couple of other series, and uh, so <laughs> okay. So that uh, that's kind of, uh, it, it, you know, that's been affected. Everything thing is on hold there. And then there's a movie that I was supposed to film out in uh, California that has been affected. And is that uh, the one that's supposed to come out in 2021? Um, I thought I saw one that I forgot the name of it, but I think you have one that's coming out for 2021. Yeah, we're probably talking about the, the same thing, although at this point, <laughs> who knows? I'm trying and to look then, it up. And then there's a there's another project that uh, that 
Yeah, there, and there's right. another project that, uh, that we did a teaser for that may go forward this year. That, that's what the thought process is, but that whole thing has been halted as well because of COVID. And then there's a series I did last year that uh, I think now is going to come out in the fall. Um, but everything has been affected. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just been quite a year and I cannot wait until we can all go back to work again and, and hopefully feel like we're living normal lives again as compared to what we're doing now. I don't think we're ever going to get back to normal lives. I think this mask thing is going to be the new normal. I really do. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I certainly feel that it's necessary for this time period, but I hope we get to a point where we will not need them anymore. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, I think though, for now on moving forward, not that I want it, but I think that people for now on, when they get sick, you're going to start seeing uh, people wear masks. That's just what I, I just random thought. I hope not though, because it's silly, but <laughs> I'm going to get into that. Um, but yeah, so what else do you have that, because uh, I see a couple of things on your page that you may be working on. I mentioned Five Floors, Night's End, uh, The Pact, and Fatal Attraction. Are any of those, those don't look like... Well, Fatal Attraction's already been released. So that, uh, that's okay. part of a television series. And that, uh, that episode was released. I played another lead detective in that. And, so, yeah, so I said you'd be good on Law and Order, because you do all these detective exactly. You're really good at it. Are you listening, Law and Order people? Uh, <laughs> NCIS, one of them. Yes. You got to get on one of yeah. those shows. You'd be really good at it. You really would be. And I would love to do those shows because do you I ever get roles like that tossed to you? Like, do you ever get reads for those roles? Like one, like, or, or similar roles to that? Um, I have not been asked to read for those particular shows, but the ones that I have been asked for, uh, to read for that are, you know, the lead detectives uh, sort of situation, I end up booking like regularly. So, uh, so yeah, once again, casting. We're going <laughs> to hey, see you on that. I, know gonna, I already know. Yes. Sooner, yes. sooner rather than later, I hope too. Me too. How do you like doing voice acting? Cause that, well, I feel I like, like that it. takes yeah. away from you, right? Cause you're not seeing you, but your voice. Well, that's okay. I, I've seen me enough. I don't need to see me all the time. <laughs> so it's kind of fun because you know, you don't have to do hair. You don't have to do makeup. You can wear whatever you want, nice. uh, as long as it's not cutting off your circulation. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and it, it can be fun. Voiceover sessions can be fun. You know, it's just very different than than acting in front of the camera because it's it's very intimate. You know, you go into a voiceover studio and you're in one room. Um, the uh, uh, producer, director, uh, sound people—you know—they're they're in the other room, and it's you and the microphone. And then there's this window, and you see them through it, and you hear them through, you know, the headphones. And every once in a while, you may be in a situation where you have multiple people in the room with you, and you're kind of doing stuff at the same time and playing off of one another. That can be fun as well. But it, it's just a very different experience, at least for me, mm. uh, than uh, than acting in front of the camera, which is, you know, a lot of people doing a lot of things. And then there's the camera 
and the lights and you know it's just, it's just a very different situation but obviously i mean i like it i like all of that and uh it, there's a, a lot of enjoyment for me in that process and so uh it makes it all very worthwhile that's awesome i've yeah that's just i've i've always uh I've always been interested in actors. It's I, I love. I'm a big movie watcher myself. Like some of my favorite movies, I like the original Dawn of the Dead. I'm a big zombie guy. Uh, are there any like certain genres? I have that recorded. Do you? I like do. The, like the set, like the original George Romero. No, I, it, then the, this is the one that's in color. Um, oh, so this is the the new updated one, like the 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 um, 2004 version. I think so. Yeah. Zack yeah. Schneider. Yeah. And I have not watched it yet. What? No, you you need to watch that. You owe it to yourself. That's a very good movie. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a really good, well done remake. Very rarely do you get good remakes. Very rarely, but this one's really good. I'll have to I'll, I'll have to check, check it out. out. I know it was well rated because most of the stuff I re record, yeah. I look at what the ratings are before I decide to uh, to do that. And I know it was it had a had a good rating on it. Yeah, I think that's one of the movies that boosted Zach uh, Snyder up in his career because of how well he did the remake with uh, the fact that it was a George Romero original, um, which everyone who knows movies knows how what George Romero has brought to the movie industry as far as horror and things like that. The zombie, whole zombie uh, culture is because of George Romero. So that's nice. Have, is there any dream roles that you have that you want to get involved in or anything that you really, really been trying to aim for? Well, I love... It really, and so I do both comedy and drama, and I work in film and television, but I, my favorite is working in film, and especially working with a really well-written dramatic script, a good dramatic role. I love that. Now, I also love science fiction. So, uh, so that's something, especially in, in uh, recent years that I've been looking at more and more, and, and uh, trying to see if I can find a good science fiction project to, hmm. to work on. I, I just love the genre so much myself that I think I would enjoy actually doing it. Now, be, being in, this, in the career that you're in, right, is it, would it be normal for you to seek out the directors that you're really into and send either a reel to them of what you do, like a demo? Or like, is that, is that unnecessary? Like, how does that, how does that aspect happen? Well, they, see, that depends and that's iffy and it, that can depend upon a lot of things. Uh, reaching out to someone outside the normal channels mm -hmm. uh, could work or could work against you. It could work for or against you, depending upon the person and the situation. Generally, what you want to do is uh, have good representation, a good agent, and, uh, and have casting reach out to you uh, from a submission and then uh, and then it goes on from there of uh, bypassing all that I've done it and it's and it has worked successfully yeah. but you it, it could all like I said it could also work against you uh, so you want to be very careful with that I mean I don't want to step on anyone's toes and I don't want to Certainly, do not want to upset uh, you know someone in the industry that I would want to work with. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and you have to kind of fill it out. I mean, like I did years ago. I did a uh, I did a Chevrolet commercial, yep. and that was because of of uh, contacting someone through Facebook. Wow. And but she, the casting director, had had 
been kind of open to that. So yes. therefore, it wasn't just out of the blue, like I was uh, contacting her on Facebook. So it, you're taking a real risk if you just do it just out of the blue with no idea if they would be open to something like that. Because, you know, people, people you, don't, you, don't, you don't want someone to see you as pushy or unprofessional, and I always try to be professional. Yeah, I didn't even, I had no idea. I wouldn't think that, to me, because like I said, I don't know about that. To me, that wouldn't seem unprofessional. It would just be you reaching out to, because you're in that line of work. It's not like you're just some Joe Schmo walking down the street. You know, you'd reach out to a guy that you admire and you want to work with. I, I don't see how that would, I guess, I mean, I could see how it's perceived bad from um, someone who's like a manager standpoint and who usually probably makes money by sending clients to this person particularly. I could see how it affects that. But is it like as far as like a person to person thing? That's a I feel like that. I feel like I'd be honored if someone reached out to me and wanted to work with me. I don't think I'd feel bad or or mean or vindictive about it. That's weird. But I guess yeah, everyone's different. Well, I think you be, need to become a big director so then I know I can reach out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'm I'm struggling doing these sometimes. Let, let alone direct and tell people <laughs> tell other people what to do. So. <laughs> but um. So is there anything that you can tell us that, that um, like how they can, how anybody can get a hold of you? How, uh, do you have like a, a website? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the, the uh, main way to get in touch with me is if you go to DwightTurner.com okay. and that's my, my website and, and there's a way to contact me through, through that. Also, you can see clips, um, both video and audio and uh, news about upcoming things. Um, news about past stuff and uh, just general and overall information source for me. You can also go to my IMDb page, which is the professional listing of all that I do as a performer, as an actor, professional actor. And that's imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner. And uh, on Facebook, I'm actor Dwight Turner. I'm also on Facebook is Dwight Turner, uh, my personal page, but it's reached the 5,000 limit. I can't take more people unless I get rid of people. And uh, on Twitter, uh, actor Dwight Turner, Instagram. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Twitter, actor Dwight. And Instagram, actor Dwight Turner and LinkedIn, actor Dwight Turner. That's awesome. That's a lot of accounts. And you manage all I, those? I try to keep up with it all. Wow. That's a lot. I can... <laughs> That's a lot. I'm going to have to replay that like four times just to type it all out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding with you. Um, but no, that's great. And um, what, is there anything that you would suggest someone starts off uh, watching you, like maybe a favorite or just something that you would suggest someone should watch you when the, if it's their first time tuning in? Oh, I would say, you know, if you can check out um, um, Chicago Fire uh, when I'm playing Dr. Mayberry, uh, that's probably one of my personal favorite projects. I, I really love working with them, uh, you know, coming from LA and spending so many years out in Los Angeles working and then getting this uh, show in Chicago, which films in Chicago, I didn't quite know what to expect, but it was a fantastic experience from beginning to end, from the casting process to actually uh, working on the show. Everybody was like clockwork, fantastic. And, um, I would say uh, um, some other, well, the, the, all of these various shows that I've done uh, for Investigation Discovery or, or whatever channel it may have been on with the uh, detective roles, those are, are fun. Um, there is an 
older project that I did, which is just, I really love just because of what happened with it. And that's called Outsourcery. And that was actually back when I was doing student projects, student films um, in, in Los Angeles, was, which was a great training ground because I did a lot of projects with USC, which is one of the best film schools in the world, uh, University of Southern California. Um, also UCLA, Loyola, Chapman. And then I did this project for a school called CSUN, which was Cal State Northridge. And it was with uh, undergrad students. And it was called Outsourcery, about a sorcerer that gets outsourced. I played the mean boss that outsourced. <laughs> and, uh, and the fascinating thing about that project is it ended up premiering at Comic-Con in San Diego. And we did a, a panel at Comic-Con. And it was, ended up being nominated Best Humor Film. Uh, in 2011 at Comic-Con, and uh, it was an amazing experience for someone who had never experienced Comic-Con before and didn't know a huge amount about it, to suddenly be thrown into it because they VIP'd me for the entire week. I went to all the parties, and wow. let me tell you, by the end, I was completely exhausted, completely exhausted. It was a lot of fun. Wow. That's, I've always wanted to go to a Comic-Con. So that, so your first time going to a Comic-Con was as basically a star in a sense, as someone who started in the leading film that, that won awards there. That's amazing. Well, it was, it didn't win. It was nominated. Oh, I'm sorry. Nominated, but, nominated. But still, still. But still received great, a lot of attention. Great honor. And it did, did receive a lot of attention. I did another project. Um, uh, now, this wasn't a student film, but this was also years ago. And this was a short film called The Gestapo versus Granny. And that <laughs> actually was a finalist for Project Greenlight. And uh, uh, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and HBO. And oh, wow. you just never know what's going to happen sometimes. Like, like both of these projects, both uh, Outsourcery and the Gestapo versus Granny, they were small projects. And never, I never imagined in a million years that, wow. uh, that that would happen with either of those. So you just never know. That's good. So it's good to always kind of take a chance at what you want to do because like you said, you never know. Yeah. That's absolutely. awesome. That's great. Well, I, uh, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're really busy. So just thank you again for taking the time to come sit and talk with me and my fans. And I'm sure a lot of your fans are going to watch this as well as soon as I save it and share it and send it to you. Yes. So I want to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. And once again, I appreciate you having me on. It was oh, fun. No, no problem. And again, if there's any, anything else you'd like to say or uh, plug in, you know, feel free. Um, you know. I'd say just, you know, I stay tuned for upcoming things because at some point we will all be going back to work and uh, hopefully, like I said, sooner rather than later, yeah. but, uh, but uh, I, I personally can't wait because I, I enjoy what I do. So for me, not being able to do this all the time like I was is, yeah. is difficult, yeah. but it's just the situation that we're in right now. Well, when you get back, make sure you send me some things so I can share it and uh, we'll get to help you get the word out as much as I can personally. I don't mind doing that at all. So just, you know, make sure you, you keep me in the loop a little bit so I can try to help you do that because I'd Sounds love to good. have the help. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Jerry, Joy, have a good night. You too.